If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, all. Welcome to the very first, the first episode of uh, Baby Got Batch. Yeah, this is episode, it's not even the first episode, it's technically, it's episode zero. It's episode zero. Ooh, so mysterious. I suppose we should say who we are. I'm Brett Vergara. And I'm Camila Salazar. And yeah, welcome. We're so glad whoever's listening out there is listening. It means a lot that you've decided to join us on this journey, as the kids, aka Chris Harrison, says. And uh, we're very, very happy to be here. I figure I'll give some context. Like, what, what is this? What, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, I think that I think the people want context. They, they, they might. They might. Uh, so if you're listening, you might have a sneaking suspicion who I am, you know, but in case you don't, uh, I'm Brett Vergara. I've been watching for a good number of years now. People know me from my tweets or some people do from, from my memes, but uh, so I'm really modest. excited to, so, oh, you know, that's, that's me. Bachelor I, meme king, NBD. Uh, oh, see, oh my God. See, that just doesn't, I can't, I'm bashful. I'm bashful about it all. And for me, you guys probably definitely don't know me. Um, my name's Camila Salazar, and I actually work in podcasting, usually more behind the scenes, but I'm co-hosting this uh, podcast with Brett because we go back a couple of years and we originally bonded over The Bachelor. Uh, so shall we take him through the journey of how we got, how we first met and then how we got here and all of that? Also, I'm going to say journey so much this episode and probably on the podcast in general. So I mean, it's, it's all a journey. It's all a journey. Um, but yeah, so I am super excited to host this podcast with you. Uh, I've always you know, thought about doing a podcast, but I've let, you know, fear get in the way. And how is my podcast going to be any different from any of the others out there? And, you know, for us, we just have this very similar experience in watching the show where you know we're real earnest fans i think we're earnest fans <laughs> so of both earnest. yeah about like bachelor in general and then also reality tv in general and uh but then we also balance that out with wanting the franchise to be better and pointing out areas where it can improve and also like practical steps that i think this franchise can take to to be better so i really think we have that that balance wouldn't wouldn't you say i think we i think we have that balance i would 100 percent agree and we know that we have this balance because ever since we first met and became friends way back um at buzzfeed when we both used to work there like you know a few years ago way back when ever since we've met we've been talking about the bachelor nonstop. yeah and also too just the pure volume of conversation that's that's where it came to head for me that this was like oh i think we could do something here is this summer you know we hadn't seen each other for for months because of this damn covid thing just really being a big yeah. bummer and uh yeah, just this casual little covid yeah, just, thing just being <laughs> being a bit of a bummer to be honest uh but no we eventually saw each other after months of not 
And, uh, you know, we were catching up about life, doing a cute little park hang and what we were getting at before. We have no problem talking about Bachelor. We can just go for damn hours. And also, it's worth calling out when we were having this conversation about Bachelor this summer, there was nothing on. I don't even know how we were filling hours worth of conversation. There was literally, it was like July. Like, I think they had just started filming or that we there had just been rumors that Claire had left yeah. like there there was literally nothing and we were talking about how nothing we knew like how little we knew and we normally know so much we normally know so much behind the scenes well i also i want to actually i want to clarify brett normally knows so much and then he tells me and then Fair. i know so much Fair. that's usually how it would happen in the past yeah and also going deeper into that uh i'm i'm kind of a spoilers watcher not really by choice but people are just <laughs> dicks on twitter and they'll just tweet spoilers at me but you know this podcast will be like spoiler free yeah for the record i don't do spoilers really like uh, maybe the occasional like small one but i don't actively seek them out or anything and <laughs> brett saying that he does spo- watches with spoilers and stuff like i knew that but i thought it was by choice which i never understood and then he you told me like the funniest anecdote i guess the other day just the way you told it it made me crack up i don't know if you want to explain why you're like forced into the spoiler world (laughs) to the listeners well well for me i i'll say like you know two years back or so that's like really when i went to the dark side it was during re season in particular i used to try to be good you know i was just like no i just feel this is a more wholesome wholesome viewing experience if i'm uh watching not knowing what's gonna happen uh but then you know obviously there was a lot of drama that season but why it's difficult now. So it's kind of like a mixture between watching uh, Spoiled by Choice versus just by force. And the reason I say that is because there are these people on Twitter just with uh, egg avatars, no idea who they are. They have like two followers and they'll just like at me directly with like, hey, here's what happens at the end. Just just on like random tweets, sometimes not even about The Bachelor. I'll just be like tweeting about like Hallmark Christmas movies and someone will be like, "Mm, Tasha's with and and there's just no avoiding it. They'll just at me and I just don't want anybody to at me with spoilers yet. Here we are. All right. So public service announcement to any of our listeners. If any of you have ever added Brett and you've sent him spoilers, please, please refrain. Yeah. And earnest, earnest is the theme of, of, of the show here. Please, Please refrain. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, but Camila, sh- she can still be saved. So don't at Camila. Oh, please definitely. Please definitely don't at me. Don't add Camila. Don't. She's still a pure and wholesome soul over there. I'm, I'm broken. I'm broken. Uh, Brett, always looking out. This is why we're friends. I know. I know. Listen, back. I got you. I got Baby you. Baby got Camila's back. <laughs> Wait, Brett. Brett's got Camila's back. No, it's not. It doesn't work anymore okay i know that's fine see also another point with this podcast we're gonna be like all over the place and this is just like oh yeah tangents puns up the wazoo left right and center if you can't hang just try please (laughs) that's quite the catchy phrase (laughs) if you can't hang please try please try to hang (laughs) i was just kidding i was bluffing please hang out with me all of my friends are leaving new york please come back So a few days after that, you messaged me and you asked me if I, 
You told me you were like, I've been thinking about starting a podcast. Uh, you know what I was thinking is uh, how how I introed it, I think was much in hindsight, more ominous than that. I was like, I think I was like, hey, I want to ask you something, which you should never text yeah. a person. It was very, because I didn't yeah. want to like throw it all out there. I wanted to, you know, uh, tread lightly into this territory. <laughs> But in hindsight, probably could have just like let it all out there just to not eliminate like, hey, we need to talk. Hey. Yeah. Hey, do you got a second? Because there's something I really need to talk to you about. (laughs) So sorry for any anxiety. Do you want to be my co-host on The Bachelor Podcast? Yes. Is that that my voice? Even though I did it for myself earlier. (laughs) So Brett sent me a very um, earnest and lovely text asking me. me, telling me that he genuinely loves talking about The Bachelor with me and that it's always so much fun. And if I would be his co-host, and I said, oh my God, yes, I would love to. Yes, I accept. I accept this, Rose. Yeah. Your podcast co-host, Rose. Pod Rose. And so then a pod was born. Well, also too, I, I don't want to, uh, even if some people might be you know more familiar with me, I really don't want to downplay um, you know, like your your expertise, you know, just I'll, I'll hype you up a little bit. But um, for those who may not know, Camila is, uh, you know, in the podcasting space. But as far as how that like relates to me, because it got to relate it back to me, right? Of course. Um, of course it's like course. whenever I would go on podcasts, I would send them, you know, to her and just like get her really uh, honest take, you know, like if I send it to my mom, <laughs> she's gonna be like, You're so, I'm so proud of you, because she's a great mother, you know, I really appreciate. It. But you know, if I want like, earnest, but maybe like, uh, you know, the real feedback, you know, I go to Camila because she knows her shit. And I couldn't think of like a better person, not only because we talk about Bachelor so much, um, but just because like, yeah, if there's anyone I'm going to wade into this territory with the the great unknown, it's it's you. Uh, I'm blushing. I know. Thank God this is a podcast so you guys can't see. Um, yeah, so I think I mentioned this up top, but just again, I'm a podcast producer, like professionally, I work on some shows at Stitcher and Vox and yeah, so I know a lot about audio production and all that jazz. So there was that element, even though me, a seasoned producer, still had so much troubleshooting before we tried to do this first episode. Like, I don't know how it's like. It's all easy and groovy, baby, until it's your own project. Oh, yeah. And then it's all the shit, and you feel like you don't know what the fuck you're doing, and you feel like a fraud. Classic imposter syndrome. Gotta love it. Shout Classic. out. Shout out to imposter syndrome. Classic. You a real one. But, you know, spoiler alert, we got it all working, obviously. So we went into a little bit of your background and you know some of the uh, some of your experiences in the in the podcast space, but I actually did realize and and this is a, a familiar territory for other pods that I've been on. Uh, I always find it funny when people are trying to introduce like who I am. They'll be like, "Yeah, Brett, he's on Twitter. He's like." I don't know. Like, they just don't. The meme king. The bachelor. I, I won't get yeah. over Caitlin Bristow calling you the bachelor meme king. No, I know. I know. Shout out to Caitlin. I'll take it. I'll take it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are very fairly confused, you know, how I got here. And listen, same. Big same. Um, and, you know, just so people, you know, of this lovely listenership here know a little bit more about me. Um, yeah. So I have a little hobby of tweeting memes uh, that's been around for... 
uh, yeah, like four years or so. Like I've been a part of this. Well, I guess it's coming up on five. Look at that. Um, but it was never my job, right? Like I, I work in UX now, which is user experience for, you know, for those who don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then uh, Camila and I met at BuzzFeed. We weren't in the same department. She was still in the podcast space there. I was in community management. Again, nothing to do with entertainment, nothing to do with Bachelor. Uh, it was just like a little side thing for me. And yeah, we met at BuzzFeed, stayed in touch, obviously became really great friends. And then we went on this little journey together. Do you want to um <laughs> tell them how we we met or became friends? Go over our little origin story. I'm not sure if it, should you tell your side of the story and then I tell no. my side of the story. What, what do you mean my side? The the the, the accurate accurate side is that you? <laughs> no, yeah. Let's see. Go let's, ahead, go let's, ahead. let's take it back to 2018. It's 2018. 2018. So to set the scene, summer of 2018. And I I had not known you yet. I hadn't met you yet. Or if I had, it was in passing. Um, but yeah. through a very random series of events, Wills uh, was in New York. And we had talked on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Wills from Becca's season. For, Becca's for season. those, yeah. That, I mean, who doesn't remember fan Wills? Favorite. Wills is great. I was going to say, oh, a for those who don't know. Favorite. But he's, yeah, listen, Wills, Wills for Bachelor 2021. There's still, there's still time. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, so yeah, he wanted to come see the Buzzfeed office. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll give you like a little impromptu tour. I will say like my team that I was on at, at Buzzfeed, a good number of them were bachelor fans too. So I very much enjoyed just like bringing him in just, just casually. And they like lost their shit entirely. Uh, and I, I don't think they've forgiven me for not giving them, uh, advanced notice <laughs> for, for bringing him in. But anyway, I was just like, you know, showing him around, parading him around, uh, more parading, to be honest. Uh, I, it was fun. It was fun bringing him around. And then I get to this little like atrium area where people would just uh, hang out. There's like a little outdoor area too. And, uh, you know, people are obviously noticing him. They kind of like casually come up and they're like, oh, like we loved you on your season. But like, you know, they're a little, you know, a little coy, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll like just gently approach. And then all of a sudden, like a bat out of hell, this person who's just like, <laughs> was just like, Wills! A what? Wills! A what? Wills! A bat out of hell? I suppose I shouldn't describe my co-host as a bat out of hell. <gasps> I have never heard this expression before. <laughs> what? How do you not? A bat okay. out of hell. Okay, I've, that's maybe harsh, but also is it? I feel like I've never. Okay, <laughs> I've never heard this before. What? Bats wow. don't live in hell. <laughs> they live in caves. Yeah, in cold. Actually, cold, dark valid caves. critique of that criticism. Like, why are we? I'm like, what? Why is are we assuming that? bats are in hell? That's kind of mean. Bats are great. They're actually kind of cute too. They're, They're so like cute. little little flying. They're so cute. Mice. I love them. Anyway, stupid saying, but carry on. <laughs> so anyway, so this, uh, okay, not bad out of hell, but also bad out of hell, uh, came and was just like, Wills, I loved you. I like, you know, you were my favorite on the season and you should be bachelor. But it was, uh, it was you. It was you. So uh, the truth of what happened what? was this. So as Brett said, I was the podcasting uh, team there. Our studio was, I don't know, like two or three floors above where my desk was, which was the newsroom. I came up one floor from the newsroom because I had a recording in like five minutes. And so I was like, I'll just go sit up there and wait. 
And so I was on my way up. I walked by Brett and Wills and I got to the stairs and then it like clicked who it was. And I immediately did a 180. It was very cartoonish, I will say. <laughs> they walked by me and I was like, wait a minute. Whoop, 180 turned around, <laughs> swooped around, followed them. I was like, okay, I'm just going to say, hey, big fan, loved you, you know, fan favorite. Can I get a picture? Awesome. You know, blah, blah, whatever. You deserve better. Okay, bye. Go to my recording. Remember, recording was in five minutes. Like, and it's not like across a building. It was like a few steps away, like um, like an atrium. Yeah. What was that called? Like Atri- I think it was like the atrium. A- yeah. I like how we're really getting to the architecture of this. This is- uh, I know. <laughs> the oh, this is so annoying. <laughs> Basically, well, because I don't want these people to think that I creepily followed you across the across BuzzFeed HQ. <laughs> it was like a few steps. You guys stopped there. And then someone right before I was about to say hi, some other person started talking to him. And then I think it's when you work at BuzzFeed and there's a lot of celebrities, you definitely want to be like cool. So no one's ever just like, oh, my God, hi, fan, picture, bye. You know, people talk to you because they want you to know that they are cool with talking to celebrities. <laughs> right. And then they want the picture. And so this girl was just like chatting him up. And I was like, just awkwardly standing like (laughs) next to you guys, behind you guys. Definitely my presence was, (laughs) everyone knew I was standing there awkwardly for obvious reasons because of Wills. And I'm just standing there and I keep checking the clock. I'm like, fuck, four minutes of recording. Fuck, two minutes of recording. (laughs) Fuck, 30 seconds since I should have been upstairs recording. Fuck, two minutes since I should have been upstairs (laughs) recording. And then eventually this girl finishes and like walks away and I just awkwardly interject. I'm like, hey, sorry. I think someone else was about to talk to him. I was like, hey, sorry to jump in. Uh, I I think I said I have a recording right now. I was like, oh, I have a meeting right now, but I just wanted to tell you. And then I speak quickly. I do, especially when I'm nervous. And I was really nervous about being late, actually, because I have, you know, imposter syndrome. Love it. I wanted everyone to like me. So I was like. Talking like a mile a minute, like, love The Bachelor, I thought you were great, blah, 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 and that. I think I told him that I applied to be on The Bachelor, which I did that year. And he was like, oh, I have Colton Sumner, you can hit him up. Because Colton was slated to be the next Bachelor, but I applied before I knew that. And then I made some joke, which I probably wouldn't, well, now that there's new information, I don't know. But I'm not like a mean person, and I was like, ugh, when I found out it was Colton, I definitely don't want it anymore, (laughs) or something like that. Which is mean, I don't know why I said that. I was like, ugh, me trying to be like, cool. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just nervous and I'm late and I want a fucking picture. <laughs> and so we took a couple pictures. I have mad deodorant stains on my otherwise incredibly cute outfit. <laughs> I still Instagrammed it anyway. I'll drop those pictures you for go. you guys. Listen, vulnerability. We love vulnerability. And yeah, then I walked away and I ran to my recording and I was only like five minutes late and no one really noticed and it was fine. And then I think like three days later, you like slacked me or something or, or followed me on Instagram. Yeah. And that was that. And then the rest is history. And then, yeah, bonded over Bachelor. And I feel like the the truth of, of this story is like somewhere in the middle of, of both of our retelling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That works. But I do have a question. So, you know, obviously we talk about Bachelor a lot. How long have you been watching? What's your what's your story with Batch? Ah, love the Bachelor origin story question. So I... You you say that you started with JoJo's season? No, I started uh, Bachelor in Paradise of 2016. So Nick's redemption arc season. Okay. So I'm like a and newbie. That was after JoJo. That was after JoJo's yeah. season, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So I think I've technically been 
in Bachelor Nation longer than you, but I also haven't been as consistent as you, mm, if that it. makes sense. Yeah. So my first season was Emily Maynard season 2012, which coincidentally is Ari's season of The Bachelorette, yeah, where he was runner-up. I never thought that I would have to make a choice between you and anybody. I always thought it was just going to be me and you, honestly. And then, you know... You don't say it. Anything else? But I want you to know, like... I'm sorry. He lost out in the end to Jeff, who... This is so funny to me. Back then, I was like, Jeff's kind of a weirdo, and they're not a good match. And I think maybe that could still be true, because he was like a hipster. And then now, when I look back at pictures of them, I'm like, oh, Jeff would is the one that's like my type. Which is so funny now that I'm an adult. But anyway... Um, but I do remember that Ari was the first, um, one-on-one date strong lead there. This is also the season that gave us Sean Lowe. He was top three. Yeah. And, uh, it, I think it's funny to me that, that I, this is when I started with, cause it did help give me so much context for people later on. Mm. Like even Ari, like I was one of the few people that I knew who watched The Bachelor, who actually knew who the fuck Ari was. Like, no one knew <laughs> right. who Ari was yeah. when they chose him. And I was like, that race car guy from a million years ago? <laughs> <laughs> so Emily Maynard season 2012, senior year of high school, I lived with my dad and my now stepmom at the time. And she loved, still does, Bachelor Nation, like loves it. And I would see occasional parts of episodes here and there with them when they watched it but I never really watched it so I was living with them and I mean I don't know she just put it on and I I watched the you know the first episode and I watched it with her and I was like hmm I want to see what happens next so yeah that was the first one that I actively followed for no real reason other than I just happened to watch the first episode and I had all the time in the world baby in high school what a time (laughs) and a place and uh, fast forward I'm in college so I don't I don't I think that's the time in your life when you watch least TV, if I'm being honest. Or yeah. like you you're like least caught up on current yeah. events. It's more like sense. it's more like Netflix shows, right? Yeah, it's like limbo. And it, it is the advent of Netflix. Like yeah. Netflix came out the streaming streaming Netflix streaming really took off like in the early teens. So it's but I just remember like not knowing any current events. Mm. I just would binge stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um I would watch snippets occasionally when I came home and I was home for holidays or whatever. I remember seeing snippets about, you know, Caitlin Bristow's season and how, and I've always been a feminist, but I was definitely having my feminist awakening, you know, in early college. And I remember being like, this is slut shaming and my parents not really understanding why I was so upset that people were so upset that she was like kissing people. Like, oh, she just wants to kiss every, like when that guy told her, like, you just want to kiss everyone. Yeah. And I was like, that's a double standard, such a man. <laughs> so I remember things like that. And then I remember when they announced Ben Higgins, who was on Caitlin Bristow's season, he was like the third or fourth runner up. When they announced he was going to be The Bachelor, that's kind of when I started watching again. And yeah. I watched his season. They were really hyping up the fact that he told two women that he loved them. Yeah. Now that is common yeah. practice, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of fucked up i don't know i don't uh, whatever that's a discussion for another episode and then i really love jojo like i liked both of them i liked Giorgio and i liked uh lauren bushnell which i get i think now she's lauren lane 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But I liked both of them. I really did. But I just like loved Jojo and I really uh, wanted him to pick her. And when he didn't, I just remember like there was no way she wasn't going to be the bachelorette. Yeah. And she was. And I watched that season, which introduced me to my favorite bachelor bachelor contestant of all time wells adams <laughs> fucking love him i think i shed a tear when he started dating sarah highland but i love them so it's fine it's fine i'm fine you can anyway. have mixed emotions i get it <sighs> he did not get enough like screen time at all on the actual if you think about it they made him seem like such a loser on the show yeah they like teased him because he was the only person who never kissed jojo yeah. he literally went home on a one-on-one which yeah. doesn't really happen that often anymore mm. and like yeah means you suck yeah <laughs> it doesn't mean you suck but it's it's like embarrassing what's so weird with wells is his image on the show again was this like oh he's like a bit of a dork he hasn't even kissed you yet blah and then compared to his like reception in bachelor nation in general he's probably the person that most of my friends have like a genuine crush on from the franchise yeah. over all these like overtly machismo types so just like the stark difference is wild it's because he's a genuinely nice guy. Like that's one thing that I'll never understand why people why they I think they slowly have started doing this, but casting more Wells types. Like normal dudes like you yeah, yeah, maybe someone's hot, but if they're a dick, it's gonna come out yeah. on TV. Like you can tell when someone's a dick on TV. Like it's harder to to like gaslight on TV than yeah. it is IRL. So like these guys just suck or they're so full of themselves or they're just talking out of their ass. And then you have someone who's like normal. Mm. And cute and a little silly and like yeah. doesn't take himself too seriously. Like that's a huge turn on is that someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Wells is about to pass out. We might need to look at him. He's very pale and he's he's kind of falling off. Let's have, let's have a medic take a look at him. Wells is struggling right now. I'm going to sit with him. Just relax. This is all just a ploy to have you talk to me. <laughs> it's working. Is it working? It is. You're doing great. This is the most time I'm going to spend with you. Granted, I'm about to faint. Don't faint. Actually, like every time I talk to you, I feel that way. So. Aww. Okay. So don't faint. Oddly enough, like me almost dying got me some extra time with her. It made it all worthwhile. I feel pretty good for as embarrassing as that was. Ugh, it's exactly what you're saying. Like really lacking that like toxic masculinity that comes yeah. along with so many of the type of men that are cast on the show. Yeah. So, you know, got to thank Jojo Season for giving us Wells. Not to be confused by Wills. Wills. Both are great. Um, That was my senior year of college, Jojo. So after that, I was in and out okay. a little bit. And I remember the Bachelor Winter Games in 2018. I was dating someone at the time, very briefly, but who was like, hey, have you ever watched The Bachelor? And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of used to. And he was like, they're doing this like winner game things right now. And it's awesome. Like he he was like, I've never watched it before, but this is great. <laughs> and he was right. It was awesome. It introduced me to um, Courtney and Lily, one of my favorite couples yeah. I've ever seen. They're, of course, broken up now for the best. But it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and that really helped like jumpstart me into the franchise, I would yeah. say. And also gave us context for Claire because neither you or I watched, yeah. watched uh, Juan Pablo's season. So, yeah. So when did you become a part of Bachelor Nation? Like, when did you start watching? Like, what's your origin story? Yeah, no, for me, like, I'm relatively new to this show, all things considered. So I have some friends that are like, oh, yeah, I was watching when I was seven years old with my mom and my grandma. And, and I'm just... 
one, I'm like, it feels early. And then two, I can't match <laughs> that knowledge. Uh, but yeah, so for me, I started watching 2016 in for Bachelor in Paradise, which again, like Bachelor in Paradise is the best. It has the same attractiveness that like Wells has and that it's very self-aware and that just like makes it. So Paradise, best place to start. Best part of the franchise, I think still. Winter Games was really similar to that. So that's why I think both of us enjoyed it so much. But I started watching paradise because again i was sort of coerced by teammates on, on uh, at buzzfeed or friends being like oh yeah this would be a fun thing for us to watch together just yeah, give it a give it a try and i was like oh yeah you know I, i'm really interested in like dating culture in general even if i don't feel the best at it myself sometimes uh but i've always yeah, been I fascinated like we love it like i love talking about dating norms and dating culture with you like it's, yeah i think it's so fun. Yeah. It's well, so fascinating. What I love about it, and yeah, this is about reality dating shows or just talking about, uh, yeah, other dating related things. Like even at BuzzFeed, I used to do like dating posts for one-offs, even though it was not my job whatsoever. But what I love about it is it's a universal experience, right? I mean, whether you're single or you're in a relationship or it's complicated or you're polyamorous or you're, you know, whatever, or you've been married for 50 years, we all have some sort of take or experience or thoughts about what the hell we're doing with this whole dating and trying to connect with another human that you're attracted to shenanigans. Uh, and I think that's really fascinating and, and watching people try to handle that is also fascinating. Yeah. Figuring that stuff out just like as a normal person in your normal life is hard and messy. So like seeing that on, like that's always going to make good TV, just like the messiness of life and then throw in some like glitzy vacations. It's just, mwah. yeah, exactly. It's the best. But yes, yeah, so I was watching yeah 2016 and I didn't have context for any of these people. Right. So it was uh, Nick, Nick's redemption arc. Hey, bachelor nation. It's Nick as a bachelor vet. I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes tour of the paradise grounds. This is the place where you get your first opportunity to see some of your Bachelor fan favorites get half naked and start making some inappropriate decisions. And I know a ton of people didn't like him going into this season, but I was, you know, clean slate for for like him, people like Kayla. Uh, that was also like Ashley and Jared, all those people on that season. I'm really glad that you're here and I'm not thinking about anybody else. Love is the best feeling in the world. And I found that with Jared. I'm gonna be very direct with you. I want to try to build my relationship with Kayla. I'm still not ready to see you be with someone else. You want to make Jared jealous? <laughs> yeah. Sabotage Kayla. You think I did it to destroy you? Not okay. With her here, I just can't win. And I remember watching with a friend of mine, and I think I was saw, seeing some interaction with Kayla and Jared, and I said something to the effect of like, oh, like, you know, Kayla seems so sweet. She seems so nice. And my friend, a little more judgmental than I am, I think, was like, she's the worst. She's so fake. Blah, blah, blah. And I was fascinated with just how me and my friend are two different people watching the same exact thing and having just viscerally different reactions gut reactions to it and same thing can go for nick where i would see him i'm like oh yeah he seems like a good guy yeah obviously i didn't know all this context the slut shaming and caitlin oh, season yeah. all of that um but yeah just i thought that was fascinating and then yeah like i just started you know tweeting about the show just for giggles and grins that ended up connecting me with some contestants on twitter and i was like oh i like this like uh 
more involved way of watching the show. It was like this love, different level of engagement with it. And then that just, yeah, sort of snowballed into, um, you know, getting more involved here. And I've been watching consistently since then. So I might be a little late to the party, but I, I, it's a pleasure to be here. I just want to point out that when you said Jared and Kayla, I was like, one Kayla came to my mind and I was like, what? No, it can't be. It can't be Kayla, the third runner up to Ben Higgins season, who was shooting the intro package to be the next Bachelorette. And then the JoJo storm swept it away from her. I just fucking Googled it and I had no idea that they were together. Yeah, very I had no idea briefly. that Jared was with Kayla. Holy shit. I mean, together, um, question, you know, or uh, quotation us. marks. Yeah. Yeah, look at us just like having, it's just so funny to me that even after all these years of just us obsessing with The Bachelor together, there's still these like random knowledge gaps that we both have yeah. that we were just. Well, it's also too, I think you just like forget because we're so used to seeing, you know, Jared with Ashley. I now after all that. No, I didn't saga. watch that season of Paradise. Oh, okay. Well, I remember I thought I had only because I remember this one moment of like, Nick Vial, he's on the beach, and the guy, Nick Vial, his first season on The Bachelorette was with Andy Dorfman, right? Yep. So the guy who Andy Dorfman chose over him, he ended up showing up to the season of Paradise, and he was all kind of like, oh, what she said was bullshit, but, you know, like Andy's a liar or whatever. And then Nick Vial does this, like, you know, a camera confessional thing where he's like, I don't know. Most of what you wrote about me was true. So what do you know about this book that this girl wrote about Josh? And her Actually, a little bit about me too, but mostly about Josh. Andy Dorfman wrote a tell-all. And myself and Josh um, are in the book. Um, me a little bit, mostly about Josh. And quite honestly, some of the stuff that is written about Josh is pretty aggressive and a little disturbing. I know at least the things written about me aren't fictional. There's at least some accuracy to them. So it's hard to imagine that that's not the case for Josh. And then you go back and you see the things that she wrote about him and you're like, fucking wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Good old Josh Murray. Not not uh, the best human, I don't think. And also, no. you, you know what really well, did make him? Nick wasn't either back then. Yeah, true, true. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like. Nick's such he's such an interesting character because he does definitely I do generally like him. He definitely can uh have some some interesting moves and he's he's gotten a lot I think better over the years too. Well, I think he's grown. Yeah. Like this yeah, isn't sure. to say like I'm not interested in pigeonholing people to like their villain arcs or like their mistakes from the past. Like he fucked up. Like even if you read I remember looking into what it was that she wrote about him, Andy Dorfman, and she was like heavily critiquing their intimacy, like the way that they had sex like he he was like saying certain like dirty talk that she didn't like but it's one of those things where like you have to ask someone yeah, to if they're do okay that. with you yeah. before you try it yeah. like no shaming the things you like you know you just gotta it's make sure like you're on the same you page talk about same page first. baby yeah. yeah love consent and all these things even then on that paradise I feel like was his redemption thing that let allowed him to get cast as a bachelor but it was just like he was self-aware then and he was like, yeah, I'm fucking trying to be a better person because that was a wake-up call. But this guy, Murray. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're whatever the fuck is sucks. Mm. He sucks. Mm. And that was, yeah. So like growth is real. Nick, I feel like has grown a lot. I think he's one of the better public voices that we have yeah. for The Bachelor. And like in terms of not afraid to get political, not afraid to talk about, you know, double standards and, you know, tackling certain sexist and other fucked up things that happen. Yeah. Um, even if he doesn't outright say yeah, like those buzzwords. Well, listen, you know, you know where I think I have a soft spot for for Nick is that when you look at the franchise in general, and then you compare the women and the men, there's a whole lot more trash men to pick from. So he's he's not in the best company. So he is far better than the people standing beside him in Bachelor Nation. So I think that's like, well, in comparison, he's definitely a lot better. One thousand percent. Yeah. So then the first season of The Bachelor you watched was Nick's. Yes. Yeah. The first season I watched was Nick's and it was coming right off of that redemption arc. So I was watching his yeah. season in like a different way than like friends of mine yeah, who had o- other other takes and all that. Uh, Honestly, a great season to watch to yeah. start with. I didn't really finish it. For me, like I really love the first half of The Bachelor and then I feel like the second half in in some past seasons – can drag because it's still two hours but it's like a lot it's just a really fun in the beginning and then if you don't get invested or if the people you were invested in aren't still there then it's harder to watch so i remember i watched the first half i just remember corinne obviously everyone you know i definitely love to hate corinne but i think she bothered me because you know i'm from miami and i felt like she was a bad representation (laughs) or she was like what people stereotype miami people as oh yeah and that, that really bothered me. I'm so tired, guys. I literally just fell asleep on the couch over there. I need to get Raquel. What? Raquel. Raquel is my nanny. <laughs> Your nanny? Yeah. You have a nanny? I do. Do you have kids? No. Why do you have a nanny? I'm a kid. <laughs> my you, nanny. You're a kid? <laughs> and just like the privilege and like not acknowledging the privilege. Don't get me wrong, like the nanny thing was was funny. And then she was like, no, she's like our cleaning lady, but we don't want to call her a cleaning lady because we love her. Like she's part of the family. I actually do understand that. That is common mm. again yeah. in Miami, but it's like not acknowledging any sort of privilege like yeah. associated with that because it, it was because people that's what people were saying. Like she was spoke, she had a nanny, and she's like, No, I don't have a nanny, I have a house cleaner. Yeah. It's like Just a smidgen more self-awareness, please. Please. (laughs) Right, right. So question for you. Do you – so we've established that. I think we both prefer Paradise and Winter Games, like those kind of spinoff versions of this franchise more than like Bachelor or Bachelorette. But between Bachelor and Bachelorette, which do you like more and why? Well, I – Bachelorette, 100% for sure. I don't know if I like – paradise more than bachelorette actually mm, okay. i might like i might be like winter games bachelorette paradise bachelor it's a chaotic order um i know <laughs> my god maybe i maybe it depends maybe it depends on my mood depends on the season i think paradise requires a lot of time commitment yeah um 
in a time when you spend in general less time indoors. Like if, if that was in the winter time, yeah, I'd have no problem dedicating four hours a week to it. Yeah. But it's summer. I want to be outside on a rooftop yeah. on a no, Tuesday. For me, it's more like 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 the weather. Like I want to be like I would be more willing to spend four hours a week watching something if it was cold outside. Whereas in the summer, like I want to be out and about. Yeah. But um so for but Bachelorette, Bachelor, a hundred percent the Bachelorette, because here we have um a smart, sophisticated, beautiful, awesome woman, and you have 25 to 30 hot men fighting for her and i think that's every woman's dream you know they're all not all of them a lot of them are going to be trash for sure but at least they're all hot or most of them and there's going to be a lot of good guys too i mean i think more and more especially in recent times um i think the leads are starting to fall maybe it's a combination of casting as well but i feel like fall less and less for just the hunky guy and there's yeah. kind of like more of that combination of like hot but also man of substance and like yeah. nice guy and like and, charming you know. you know in like a different yeah. like charming is different than attractive and endearing is different than attractive traditionally yeah but yeah definitely bachelorette just because you know who wouldn't want to be in that position fair and male tears there you go listen you can't get enough male tears so how about you, Mr. Loves Bachelor in Paradise? Which one do you prefer, Bachelor or Bachelorette? Yeah, so Bachelor in Paradise up top, Winter Games right after that. Uh, even though we haven't even seen Summer Games, I feel like that's going to be in the mix there. I have very specific reasons for this answer, but I actually have Bachelor over mm. Bachelorette. Okay, let's hear them. Yeah, so the reason is because there's two. One is just traditionally more people watch it, which is like annoying, but it tends to be the case that it's just a little bit higher. Bachelor over, at least I'm pretty sure. I actually that's the didn't case. know that. Yeah, I th- like Bachelor tends I to be know like that. Their, I mean, that makes sense. I just had no idea. I thought they were even. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case anywhere. It has been. Um, so I am a sucker for like the more people watching, the better because it's more people I get to talk to about it and blah blah blah. You know, like if I have a friend who says that they like stopped watching watching or they're falling off a certain season. I'm like, no, you can't do this to us. Like I take it personally offensive. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the bachelor is also like a reset time. Cause it, it's kind of like a, a whole like year. It's like the people on paradise tend to be from the bachelor and then the following bachelorette. And so it's kind of like the bachelor tends to be like a more reason. Like it's easier to get back into the franchise yeah. with a new season of the bachelor. Right. Right. I see that. But then the main reason I like bachelor um, more than bachelorette, my favorite part of the franchise in general is watching the friendships that come out of it, usually between the women. Yeah. And I think a big reason for that is because I'm just so jealous. I'm like so jealous of this like connection they have through going through the similar thing. And my favorite narrative, which didn't happen with Peter's season, but happened with Ari's, kind of happened with Colton's, not so much, is when they like unite together against the lead, just when like the lead would become the villain essentially. And that's like what happened with Ari season, even though I didn't really have a whole lot of context for him. I thought he was kind of like a lukewarm lead in general, but his season obviously with like Becca at the end and everything, but I thought it made for a captivating season because of that. And I specifically remember at the women tell all for that season, um, this was just around when we started to hear whisperings of, oh, like, you know, Ari switched from Becca to Lauren. Uh, 
And this is also when I first got spoiled, when I first started spoiler watching, and then I eventually was pulled because, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a bombshell story there. But I remember at the tell-all, they were all like, you know, yelling at each other, whatever. And usually I don't like the tell-alls, but the moment I liked from Ari's is, uh, you know, they were, they were doing their tell-all thing. And then Caroline Lunny, who was a big uh, friend of like of Becca's, uh, like essentially calls him out, but very like nebulously, because obviously didn't want to give anything away. Any of you other ladies have anything to say? Any other? I do. So... I mean, this whole time you've said that you are here because you are trying to find a wife. Mm-hmm. I know what you did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you could do that. She was just like, really, uh, I know what you did last summer oh, so energy. This was before, because this was before the after the final row. So this is like, yeah. we don't know yet, but she knew. Yeah. Yeah. And it was right when it was starting to happen. So I just loved that. Like, no, fuck you. Becca's my friend. How dare you know that was like, yeah, hell yeah. That's what I that's what I really, really love. I 100% agree with you. I and that's that's one reason why I love paradise is like seeing like their friendships in obviously not in real life, but like in a more casual setting. So it's like you actually see who is like hyped to see each other on the beach. And then if people are from different seasons, like you see them kind of like coming together and like becoming friends then. Or if someone was a villain or whatever, you see people starting to be like, oh, they're not so bad. Taylor's not so bad. Like, you know, uh, like you start to see like these friendships like actually forming. So yeah, I love the element of like friendships that are formed as part of the cast. I think the I think you know not here to make friends is an antique saying of the bachelor like I don't think that's very real anymore but yeah. even when it was real and when it was relevant and people would say that it always rubbed me the wrong way because if your boyfriend is not friends with any of their exes that's a red flag <laughs> like you should like yeah. the people that they dated previously that doesn't mean that you should be best friends with them or you should go out of your way to befriend your boyfriend's ex or your girlfriend's ex. But if you, in another context, could vibe with them, if you could see them being your friend, that's a good thing. Yeah, right, right. That means that you're cool, and it means that your significant other is cool and not toxic. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't want to date someone who doesn't get along with the type of people that I get along with. Yeah, for sure. I think the way I think about it too is like, it's very much a why not both type of situation where you yeah. can easily explore yeah. a connection with the lead. But also, hey, if you make a friendship or two along the way, that's fun, too. Yeah. I mean, the odds are not in your favor of you being the last one standing in the end. So why not actually make connections with people who you're like living with? And that, that's not to say that you should go on the show only for the friendships. But I see it as like a, a bonus, yeah. like a like a very good consolation prize, like these lifelong friends who are a part of an elite club of like this very unique situation that no one can ever yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, I I want to make a very delayed joke. It's like one of those moments where it's like, oh, well, you know, is it is, is the moment passed? It's like, no, I'm just going to go back just because I'm proud of this. When you said, oh, yeah, you know, the odds are – uh, you know, not in your favor that you're going to be the last one standing, which is true. Like it's 30 to one. Usually uh, I wanted to jump in with, or last one kneeling. See what I did there. See, get it, get <gasps> it. 
get it because proposals happened at the I, end. Oh, I so thought you were gonna make myself. a Hunger Games joke. So, I was very wrong. No, just just love to love to go in a completely different direction. Anyway, I was just very proud of myself, as I am for all of my dumb jokes. I feel like the dumber the joke, the the more people who don't like it, the higher performing the meme. No, I was no, I was gonna say the opposite. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say the more the less people who like a dumb tweet that I that I send out, the more I probably like it. Where it's like it's like you're all sleeping on that one. That was my best. And like, you know, the more uh popular ones tend to be like, Oh, it's fine, but like God, you know, don't reward me for that. More that's basic. No, that's nothing. Yeah, more that's like basic. easy, like low hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know, y'all be better. You. Be better. Undo that retweet. Wow, we've covered a lot of territory today, Brett. I know. Look at us go. There, it's been a long, winding road, and it's it, there's even more journey to come. Yeah. Like we said, The Bachelor tends to be like a refresh for the franchise. We're coming up now very quickly to the season premiere of not just the first male black lead, but also the first time in a very long time that our lead is virgin to the franchise is yeah. that a good i think that's fair that ish to, to say i mean he has like a very loose he's like a like a, a cousin third removed or, or wherever you want to call it where he has like very light connections but barely uh just through being like tyler c's friend and obviously he was going to be on claire's season um but no i'm really really excited for it a, a big part of that too is you know and i don't know if everyone listening is familiar but i was you know a part of uh, that batch diversity campaign, which was really trying to advocate for uh, not only just casting um, more BIPOC leads, but also having uh, BIPOC production or casting or just uh, advisors, right? Having a diversity consultants try to, uh, you know, make this franchise that both you and I really, really like, just have it be better, you know? And better. Um, yeah, so I think what I'm excited about is, yeah, obviously uh, that campaign and it wasn't also just me it was plenty of other women in brett's bachelor buds shout out to brett's bachelor buds uh were were in there and they were all great um you know but that got a good amount of attention and i'm hopeful i'm i'm cautiously optimistic that we are starting to see slower than i would have liked mind you you know it's uh it's definitely it's been a long damn time and it's, it's been a long time, not long time coming, but about time, you know, for having this first black uh, lead of the bachelor. Um, But, you know, it's, it's this delicate balance of wanting uh, to be uh, happy about the little wins, even if the ideal win was a a whole lot different. Um, But I'm excited because even watching Tasha's part of this past season of Bachelorette, seeing some of the great conversations that have come out of it, whether it's around substance abuse or mental health or uh, eating disorders, all of these different or Black Lives Matter and police brutality. It's like, yeah, like that's like what I want this franchise to be. And that's where I feel the franchise is at its best. So I'm really hoping for Matt James season. Uh, continuing that momentum. And I really, really hope they keep it. What about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward. Obviously, they refilmed in times of Corona as well. I am looking forward to seeing how, you know, obviously, Bachelorette was a big experiment. I mean, it was unavoidable. It wasn't like they chose the Bachelorette to experiment. But just historically, traditionally, they always experiment 
bachelor aside, people, society, things always experiment with minorities and or women. Mm -hmm. Like how female CEOs are, women are usually promoted to CEO of failing companies. Mm -hmm. So if the company fails, it's like, well, you know, it's her fault and not, like just things like that. Yeah, I got you, mate. So even the preview of Matt James' season, I'm like, oh, this gorgeous castle looking thing. It makes La Quinta look frumpy as hell. And I'm just kind of like, okay. It, part of me is like eye roll. The other part of me is like, well, maybe they had, you know, they were scrambling for, you know, whatever. There's a million things that could have happened that to be the reason why this already looks physically looks more impressive. But I am looking forward to like continuing seeing the innovations in production because as you guys now know I work in production and I really do love seeing um we're trying to piece together like how production did X, Y, and Z thing of what I'm watching. But so yeah, I'm like really looking forward to seeing like how the show is innovated from Claire slash Tasha season to Mets. Yeah, yeah. So to to close this out here, I mean, we've been talking a lot about Bachelor and how we got to know each other, but you know, we're we're just uh, going on and on, tangent and tangent. Yeah, exactly. But listen, there's more to us. You know, we we do talk about things other than Bachelor. So I thought it would be fun to close out with some some rapid fire questions. Are you uh, you up for that? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, can I start? Go for it. Okay. All right, Brett. What's your favorite non Bachelor reality TV show? Ooh, let's see. Man, favorite is so hard. Can I do two that I've seen recently? Sure. Okay, I'm going to do two. One was uh, Selling Sunset, which is fucking amazing People television. People loved that during quarantine. Shout out to Chriselle, just my a hero, a hero. Uh, and crushing on Dancing with the Stars, too. This is tough to say because it's not necessarily favorite, but another one that I watched recently that I really, really like a lot is uh, 12 Dates of Christmas. It's on HBO Max. It's basically just like Bachelor, kind of. It's more like Bachelor in Paradise if it was in, it was around like Christmas time, holiday time, and they shoot it in this mansion in, I want to say it's in Austria. So like the Alps are in the background and it's snowing and it's picturesque. Just the way it's shot is really beautiful. And it's just like such, it's like Bachelor, but cozy. And it's also a little bit more diverse too, which is great to see always, but it's just really fun. Yeah. I have not heard of that one oh my God, and see? I will be binging it. Hell yeah. It's this great. Week. Highly recommend. But what about, what about you? What are some favorites beyond Bachelor Nation? Um, I'm a diehard Below Deck fan. I fucking love Below Deck. <laughs> it's literally like young, you know, medium to hot, attractive people who this is like their real job. Like they literally, maybe there's like a couple people on the season who maybe it's, this is their first time doing this job, but most of them, it, this is their real job that they're doing, you know, right out of college or instead of college, they're working on luxury mega yachts, like literally waiting hand and foot on the British people of the world living in like this in below deck, literally in like tiny quarters. And it's just like their drama, it's it's basically like their life working these boats for a charter season, which is like, I don't know, like six or eight weeks. Um, and I feel like whenever I try to describe it to people, they feel like that's not interesting, but I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, I love it. It's just real people. It's literally the closest to real people 
but in crazy circumstances that is actually not manufactured by producers. It's literally, this is just their job and this is how crazy it normally is. And now there's cameras. Yeah. Like the level of producer interaction and interruption is so minimal. So minimal, basic, bare to none. That That's another reason why I love it. It's like, okay, this is one of the realer reality TV shows. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's only possible because it's a crazy setting to be in. But it's still a real one and one that exists in the real world. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I, thought, I did watch one episode of Below Deck, but I also did promise you that I would watch more. So I have to get back on that. When we were in our <laughs> summer park picnic. Soiree. And we were talked about The Bachelor for like four hours. We started talking about Selling Sunset and... Brett was telling me that I had to watch it. I had to watch it. And I didn't want to. And I said, I'll watch it if you watch Below Deck. And we made a fucking deal. And I fucking watched it. I watched all three seasons. And you did not. In fairness, I didn't know that you watched all three seasons. I don't think you ever told me you did. So, like, that would have prompted me to finish up my shit. So, listen, that's I'm going to pull you... uh, pull you underwater here and say i would have finished below deck had you told me that you watched all of selling sunset so I'll, sounds like gas i'll make that a little bit maybe a little bit because i feel guilty <laughs> i feel guilty uh so i'll make that a priority after i finish 12 days of christmas all right all right so i, I have a question now oh yeah go. so i have a question let's go with what was your aim screen name Okay, so I have two. My main one was XO Camis OX. Camis is my nickname. It's my all my family calls me it. Um, some of my friends from like elementary, middle school, they still call me that too. No one from high school really calls me that, and no one from college calls me that because everyone from college is a gringo. Um, but so yeah, XO Camis OX. When I first made it. It did, it was like, you know, capital X, lowercase O, capital C, very like that. Oh, yeah. As I got a little bit older, you know, and but AIM was still around, I made it all lowercase, more sophisticated. Ooh, so professional. I know. <laughs> so I was lucky that I, because I remember, like, in eighth grade, so many people changed their AIM names from the ones they created in sixth grade because they were so embarrassing. <laughs> so, like, I, there's not a few people who didn't have to do that. But in the sixth grade, I'm pretty sure Mariah Carey's We Belong Together came out. And I was obsessed with that song. Had I ever felt heartbreak before? No. Had I ever had a and a significant other? No. But did that song hit me right in the feels? <laughs> yes. And so I made an aim screen name because at the time people were always making new ones for like just randomly. Like, you know, they would have two or three. And so I made one. And because there's a word limit, it was we, letter B, long. To Geda, G E D A. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. We belong to Geda. <laughs> and I loved it. And I had it for like a year or two. I always signed on to both of them at the same time. And then around the eighth grade, I was like, I got to get rid of this one. And I quietly faced it, it out. Oh. And I went back to just XO Kami's OX. Oof, both are very good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm for them both. Yeah. Did you have one? I had one and I didn't, uh, well, I'll, I'll say it first before going into the, the journey of it. Mine was Macho Man 911. Oh, no. It was choice. Oh, no. It was a real choice. It was, uh, yeah, listen, I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. Uh, it was, yeah, seventh grade, I think I made it. 
And I think my rationale behind making it was when I was in the act of making the screen name, I had that song like Macho Macho Man. I had that stuck in my head. It's a jam. It's fun. It's a fun, catchy tune. Uh, and I just decided that I was just going to hinge my whole identity to that song, I guess. My whole middle. Also worth calling out the most awkward years of like your life. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to name myself Macho Man 911. I'm going to message my first crush ever from Macho Man 911 over AIM. That is a, a choice that I made. Oh, and the 911 have no idea. I, I can't even think of like why that was the case. Uh, and I also didn't really get the memo that people were changing their names. I thought we just kind of like were assigned a name, you know, it's like you get, you know, you get your name at birth and most of us just ride that one out. Kind of my strategy with Macho Man 911 all through until AIM closed, you know, a few years back, RIP AIM, even at my internship, right? At my internship in fucking college, I had Macho Man 911 because I just couldn't, I couldn't separate from it. And, you know, people I was working with got a kick out of the story, whatever, I can't explain myself. You used myself. AIM in college? It's weird. I know. I agree with you. It was uh, it was at Atlantic Records. I was an intern there in publicity. And for some reason, like not even just our team, like all of Warner Music at the time was using AIM. And I know that there was a big crisis when they retired AIM because Warner Music like built into their corporate structure using AIM to talk to each other. That's wild. It's fucking crazy, right? It makes no That's sense. That's a really fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is so funny to me. Yeah, I have no idea why. There was other stuff that existed out there. Like, I don't know, Gmail and, like, Hangouts, you know, that existed. But they were like, nope, we're going to ride or die with AIM. We're gonna, <laughs> we're just going to stick with that one. It's working for us. There you go. All right, so this has been real. And I think because it's been real, I want to close out with a very real kind of existential question if you're if you're oh, ready God. and you might oh, not even God. have an answer to this there's a lot of pressure but is there like a mantra or just like a general rule for yourself or whatever that you like follow if that makes sense or that you repeat to yourself i had one in college and it was definitely more true for me in college like i think those different confidence things that i had then that maybe I don't have now and vice versa, like some that I didn't have then that I do have now. And I remember, and this would be very controversial, so I do have to explain it, give it more context. But I would say, rule number one, never say sorry. And this was like my fucking uh, saying, my mantra, I would yell it all the time. Like people knew me for this. And then sometimes I'd be like, rule number two, humility is overrated. And that was like, yeah, obviously it's it was a later edition. But um. So people, especially men, would be so upset by those. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 this doesn't apply to you. This applies to women. And then maybe in like a equitable society in the near future, then it can be applied for everyone or it can be abolished and you should care about saying sorry. So the reason why <laughs> rule number one, never say sorry, exists is because women are always fucking apologizing. So this is the thing. Back then, when this was like my mantra, I literally never did the whole like, um, in the workforce now, you know, if I make a mistake or something or if I'm worried about sharing an opinion or whatever, you know, tie this is tied in with 
imposter syndrome, like maybe you say something and someone reacts like they're not sure and then you start doubting yourself. Men and women tend to handle that differently. Mm. A woman will say, oh, I'm sorry for everything. A woman will walk into a door or interrupt a meeting and be like, oh, sorry, there's someone on the line for you, whatever. A man wouldn't do that. A man would just be like, by the way, you know, and that's like a very subtle thing. Mm. And so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being like, oh, sorry for interrupting, but it's kind of like, just a man would never do that. Yeah, and it's sure. not like you did something egregious or wrong. It's just a tick. And so that's a good example of something that I never did before that I do now. And part of it is because I am in the workforce and I had never really felt imposter syndrome ever before I started. Or at least not to the same degree that I did when I entered the workforce. So that's probably why I have reverted to saying sorry now. And now I'm trying to like bring it back. Now that I feel more confident and capable in my personal career i am trying to bring that back personally so yeah so i would never like say sorry for you know if i opened a door and there are people inside having a conversation in like a dorm room i want to be like oh sorry for interrupting i'd be like hey guys what's up like what are you talking about like i never and and that was an active choice i was like i am never saying sorry for things i don't need to and um i remember people be like oh well like what if you fuck up or whatever i'm like no guys like i'm Like, I'm actively trying to be a good person. Like, I'm actively trying to live a life where I don't need to say sorry because I'm not fucking people (laughs) over. Like, if I step on your foot, of course I'm going to say sorry. Like, obviously, I didn't do it on purpose. And then people would just be like, yeah, but what if you, like, you know, get in a fight or whatever? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, if I'm getting a fight and I'm in the wrong, like, uh, you know, and I realize I'm going to say sorry, but, like, I, and not to sound like an asshole, but I was bad levels of self-aware in college that, like, without therapy like actually caused me a lot of like emotional distress right so i was like always how do i how do you phrase this like i was i never ever accidentally like hurt my friend's feelings like ever and the few times that i did i fucking apologized for it when i realized so for me it was like no i'm actively trying to never have to say sorry to you because I care about you. Yeah. Like that's, and so it was like several, they'll never say sorry had several layers yeah. to it. And so then the rule number two, humility is overrated was tied in also with sexism of like, you know, needing to be small, yeah. you know, not brag about your accomplishments or whatever. It's like, obviously don't be an asshole, but yeah, like you should be hyped that you won this board game against people who are really tough competitors, or you should be really excited that you got an A on this project where the whole class got a B or a C or a D or, you know, it's like you, like we shouldn't be downplaying our accomplishments because men don't do that. Like men aren't told you should be more humble. Yeah. Like they're not, even though maybe they should be, they're not. So like when we are in a future where men and women are held the same, yeah, probably I would go for more humility across the board. Yeah. <laughs> but for now it's like, well, I should be able to celebrate this win. Because I fucking earned it. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so mine mine is really similar in a way to like something that you said towards the tail end, that whole, um, you know, idea of, uh, I forget exactly how you phrase it, but essentially like being proud of like your accomplishments and like giving yourself full credit for mm-hmm. your accomplishments. Um, but like what my mantra kind of is, is like, don't let perfection be the enemy of the good or be the enemy of the great because there's been so many times you know and this can be a this can apply to so many things right it can be me putting together like a spreadsheet at work or something or it can be and i think about this a lot even with um or you know even when i was on podcast like in the very beginning where it's like 
my very first podcast. Oh, I'm saying like and um so much, but whatever. And I could really downplay, you know, this thing that I'm really proud of or this opportunity that I did that was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, you know, by just like ripping myself apart left and right, being like, oh, well, you sounded yeah. dumb here. You talked too fast. You didn't know what you were talking about. Didn't like the sound of your voice. You said um too much, you whatever. Uh, or, you know, I'd be like, well, yeah, sure. It, there's X, Y, Z part that could have been better. Uh, that would have made it perfectly ideal. But, you know, I still think that went really well. I still think that was great. Uh, and then I even think about it in context around um, like batch diversity stuff and, and progress of the show and and all of that. And this is where it's tough because it, it, it's a little, you know, different. Um, but But where I kind of get at there is, you know, if you see change, right. If you see change, that's ultimately good, you know, say it's, um, you know, them casting Matt, for example, as, as a, their first black lead, uh, you know, the first, my first gut reaction is like, well, yeah, about damn time. Damn. Like it's been what, 18 years, something along those lines. So, you know, we can all acknowledge <laughs> that this is not fucking ideal that it took this long um, for them to cast their first black bachelor, but it's also celebrating, you know, progress when it comes, even if the progress doesn't look exactly how you would want it to. And that can be really tough because it's, I don't know, it's, it's constantly a back and forth. And I do think it's important to acknowledge like, here's how this progress could be better. Um, I mean, it's even like, in in Tasha's season, for example, when they've talked about really serious things, that's great progress. That's like, oh, I'm so glad that we're having these really raw and real conversations. But then it's like, if they don't include like trigger warnings or something like that, or don't link resources, I'm like, that's how it could be better, right? So I think you can always acknowledge a good step forward and then also give like a practical way for it to be better. You know, you can you can do both in, in a way. So yeah, that, that's that's my little mantra. I love it. Inspiring. What an ending. All right, ladies and gents, thanks for sticking around and listening uh, to us, revisiting the good old days of how we met, our personal, you know, bachelor origin stories, and even just like the origin story of this podcast. Like, we're really excited to bring this to you. And if you're still listening, like, we're excited that you're excited. Yeah. Yeah, no, it means so much that you're listening and uh, really grateful for, for that too. And I'm also really looking forward to everybody listening uh, for them to get to know you like like I know you. It's like, you know, they, they maybe know me from, from Twitter and all that, but I think they'll soon see why, why I like you so much and why you're such a good friend. And uh, uh, yay. I'm excited. Yay. I'm excited. Me too. That's another episode of Baby Got Batch. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Camila Salazar. And me, Brett Vergara. Be sure to subscribe, give us five stars, leave a nice glowing review compliment on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get the word out about the show for people who might like it and just like helps us in general, you know, with things like ads and listenership. We would really appreciate it. Heck yeah. And with that, thanks again for listening and see you next week for another episode of Baby Got Batch. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 